Welcome to Kingdom Conversations Women's Edition. My name is Crystal Fulton, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, and I will let them introduce themselves. Alicia Halliburton. <laughs> Tori Anderson. <laughs> and um, in this episode, it's kind of like a part two um, to our last episode when we were discussing about infertility and a surrogacy. However, we will come from it from a more personal perspective and share our own testimonies on our pregnancy, on birthing, post-pregnancy, um, just the trials and the victories and just moments where we saw just Elohim just all in and through our situation. So first, we'll start off with if y'all had any anything to share about conception or pregnancy, we'll just start there. I'll start. Um so with my first baby, it, she was a pleasant surprise. Um, so funny because I had actually been on birth control for about four years, maybe five. And all of a sudden, I just started feeling this pull like I should get off of it. And I was like, well, I'm going to get pregnant if I get off of it. Like, this don't make sense. Like, why should I be getting off of it? And it was so funny because at that time, my husband started talking to me about having a baby. And I was like, yeah, okay. Because we had just got married. Like, we were broke. Like, shouldn't have got married anyways. But, and I, and I was still in school. I was in my last semester of college. And I just thought I was going to have this career. And I was putting off kids till I was like 30. But yeah, when I got off of that birth control, I ended up getting pregnant shortly afterwards. And so... That was really just a just an experience, I'll say. And and I won't say, I will say this, allow the father to direct your plans. I will say that. <laughs> um, and then with my second son, it was kind of like the same thing. I went back and forth with the birth control again. And then one day my husband was like, just get off of it. And so we kind of went from there and we used natural methods to prevent pregnancy, just to say that. And um again. I really just kind of started feeling this pull like it was time for us to have another baby. And it, it was crazy because my husband was ready and then I wasn't ready and then he was ready. And then I was trying to find excuses as to why we should wait to get pregnant. And actually, at the, a one woman, she was going to our church at the time and she was like, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's time for you to have another baby. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. And so then it went from that to like, oh my God, we were trying. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not pregnant. Like what's going on? So, but yeah, that was kind of, I guess my story with pregnancy. I do want to say something in response to what Tori said, just because I was there (laughs) and I remember (laughs) when you got pregnant and when you went through that and I was so excited and honestly, I was even more excited because you got to go through it first. And I just got to just watch and be the auntie. <laughs> <laughs> and I love my niece so much. And so, um, so yeah, so it was, it was a beautiful thing to watch, Tori. I saw the transformation and I saw you go through um, a lot of ups and downs. And um, just, it's just so amazing to me how birth, it's such a supernatural experience. Like it really does change you. Um, and it changes all of us, but in different ways. And one of the undertones to what I heard you say, Tori, is like, you had to give up that ideal of, you know, what, just who you thought you would be. That's huge. Um, and I remember that. I remember even when you were, um, um, trying to figure out about going back to work, 
And you did, you know, and it was stayed at the house. It was a rough transition, but you know, you learned from it and now, you know, you've done things differently like this go round. So I would just say it was, it was just beautiful to watch, even though I know it was a lot of hard lessons, but it made you who you are. Right. Speaking of hard lessons, um, (laughs) I'll, you know, I'll share, I'll go ahead and share uh, my story. I had some lessons and let's see, try to make it kind of short. I had just graduated high school and I had got the report that I had um, cancer in my reproductive system. And um, so they diagnosed me with cancer and I was learning in my church, um, back in my church that I was going to, I was learning about healing, but they just touched on it. Um, They just said that, you know, Elohim healed people back in the day. So, um, so they didn't really go into detail about healing being something that can happen now. So I just took it upon myself to one day I, um, I was devastated, of course, when I found out and I just took it upon myself to start praying and I just laid hands on myself and I was like, Lord, I'm learning about healing and please just heal me, you know? And I didn't know the prayer to pray. I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to say. I, I just, I was just like, Lord, heal me. And I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. I wasn't sure if, you know, I, I, I just didn't know. And I was young and I didn't tell anybody in my family. I, I think I told my mom, but it took a while. I went back about a year or two later. I was so scared. And I got the report that there was nothing, nothing there. They found nothing. And I was so relieved. I was so happy. And it was, it was just amazing to get that report. So I was like, okay, so the Lord healed me. Okay. I can go about, you know, my day. I wasn't really thinking about having kids at the time. So I was just happy. I was healed. And then some years went by and I got another diagnosis that I had cysts on my ovaries and that I had endometriosis. And I was then at that moment told that I needed to have my uterus removed. I needed to have a hysterectomy. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so going from that report being healed, then here we go again. And I was back devastated. Once again, oh, like I shared in the other episode, I felt weak. I felt so out of control of my life. I was like, why is this happening? Like, I know so many people out here who are just living any kind of way and they're having kids and they're doing this and they're, but here I am trying to live for the father and they're telling me I got to take my uterus out. <laughs> like, what? So I was so confused <laughs> and I don't want to take up all the time, but I know there's somebody out here that kind of hear this. So I was praying and y'all, I went ahead and I made the um, arrangements to to get the operation done. And once again, devastated, but I felt like there was nothing else I could do. Mm -hmm. And totally forgetting that the father had healed me, (laughs) totally forgetting. So I made, <laughs> I made the arrangement and this doctor was a doctor that was working at the hospital I worked at. 
And um, they were just like, we got to do it. We got to take it out. And so I said, okay, I made my PTO, did everything that I had to do. I talked to my mom. The very last minute, they were like, we don't accept your insurance. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. All right. So they were like, we're going to recommend another doctor to you who's under your insurance and all of that. So I was like, okay, fine. That's fine. Um, now, at this point, it was an emotional roller coaster already. You know, this didn't happen just overnight. Um, it took months because I took my time making the decision to have the operation. After months, then getting that, hey, we, we don't accept your insurance. I was like, okay. Then I took some more time because, you know, I was operating, how can you say, like, I was, I was afraid and I was hoping, here you go. I was hoping that things could change, but I didn't believe that it would. I was like, maybe it'll change. Maybe if I just wait a little bit, you know, as opposed to operating in faith and believing the father, it was just, maybe if I just take my time, it'll change. So um, just don't address it, you know? I finally got the courage to just go ahead and go see this doctor. I went to her and she basically had told me that the cysts were there. It was several cysts and then told me that the endometrius, she didn't see the endometrius or, you know, she didn't see that. So I was like, oh, okay, that's encouraging. And so she was like, I was like, so do I need to have surgery? Do I need to have my uterus removed? Do I have to have a hysterectomy done? And she was like, well, what we'll do is, oh, I'm sorry. And there were fibroids, several fibroids, lots of fibroids. And that they said that the reason why they said that the hysterectomy had to be done was because of where the, where the fibroids were positioned. If they took them out, I wouldn't have that much of a uterus left to carry a child. So she... She basically said, well, let's just put you on birth control and see what happens. See if, you know, get your hormones down because with fibroids, hormones make them grow. Um, So I said, okay. So I did the birth control thing. And at that moment is when I started um, praying again. And I really started asking the father, like, I know you did this before. I know you did this. I believe that you can do this again. Um, once again, I did not know much about healing because it wasn't taught. It, it just, it wasn't taught. It was yeah. just, this is what Yeshua did. And that's it. Like there's no, this can still happen today. It was more so he performs miracles. And for some reason, I just thought it was specific to certain people. And I just got lucky. I started praying and I changed, somehow I changed the way I started looking at it. I went back to what I had said when I first started nursing school. And that was, Lord, if you didn't want me to be a nurse, I want to be a confident woman with great faith. And I said, if that was something I needed to be, if that's something that I proclaimed, I need to walk. I need to walk by this thing. I need to do this thing. And of course, back then I thought faith was just me believing I didn't know anything about my born again spirit. I didn't know anything about listening to the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so I I started praying and to make a long story short, it was just several visits going back and forth, going back and forth. So long story short, the fibroids had, one of them had been, had just disappeared. 
and the others, Cordell, and the others had shrunk. Mm -hmm. And the cysts, the cysts had um, been, had, was reabsorbed in my body. So the cysts weren't there anymore. So she was like, okay, well, basically you got lucky. Mm -hmm. So we need to, you need to have a baby. Like it needs to happen. Mm. And that's when I was offered the idea. And at that point, I was, that's, that's why I was upset. That was that I was, I got upset because I was like, this isn't compassion. This is pressure. This is totally against what I stand for at this time. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make myself a single mom. I'm not going to just pick some Joe Blow. Or even if it is a friend, like if he's not for me, he's not for me. Like I'm not fisting to have uh, a home that's um, separated or, and at the time I didn't have any male friends that were believers. I had a male friends that were doing all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> I wasn't fisting to try to have a baby by any. I just said, okay, I'm going to think about it. And I didn't think about it. <laughs> And I just, I waited. And so I'll just stop there. Um, so those were some of the trials that I experienced before I got pregnant. Um, yes, I got pregnant. <laughs> what twins? <laughs> wow, Crystal. Um, I'm so glad you shared that. And, you know, on the one hand, I'm not surprised because I know that my father, I don't know about some of these other people's daddies, but mine, he does that. And he does it all the time. So I'm just so glad that, you know, that you shared that and that um, you said some, some things that, that really stuck out to me. You, one thing was that you was, you were hoping that things would change, but you didn't believe. But also, you know, even when you didn't fully have the, the knowledge of the laws, you activated your belief system, which opened the door for that healing to come in, even though you may not have known the perfect things to say, but just by you activating your belief system and trusting that the father would do it, he did. And, and it's just so like, man, I felt that like you had made the appointment. I mean, all of that. I almost jumped out my chair. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, hey, because I know how the story played out. And I just think about how many people the father wants to do that for them too, right. but they don't see it. Right. And they don't believe they don't uh, even give him the opportunity to see it. And then one more thing that I wanted to, uh, that you had said, you were talking about that pressure versus the compassion and one of the things that I've learned about the father is like in, in, when things happen in his timing, there's peace. There isn't pressure. There isn't like that um, like sense of urgency. No, there's peace. And you can competently, you know, make those decisions and it just flows versus like that. Any and That's one thing, one indicator when I feel like, um, you know, I have to make a quick decision and. Like it, it's super urgent. I always follow peace, you know, versus just because, just because someone may want to answer in that 
moment, that don't mean I have to give them an answer in that moment, because in that case, I may not hear the Holy Spirit because I'm just being pressured by what you're telling me. So anyways, I was just glad that, you know, you didn't allow that pressure um, to force you to, to make a decision that wasn't right for you. So I'm just, I'm just glad that I'm just glad to hear your story. Yeah, that was powerful. Um, and side note, this this should have been part one. <laughs> uh, that's side note. But anyway, so go ahead, Tori. <laughs> no, um, I don't have much to say. But one thing I was thinking, I was like, man, epigenetics. As yeah. a man think is so, so is he. How powerful are, I don't want to say how powerful are we, but how powerful did the father design our bodies? Yeah, we can change the way that we think. Yes. And you got twins. I'm going to keep saying it, Crystal. You got twins. <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> Two for one. Like, yes. And and I knew you had a story, but I, I'm so glad that you shared it because that was so powerful. And uh, women need to hear stuff like this, you know, especially like infertility until now with social media, I feel like it's been such a hush hush topic. Like people don't want to talk about having miscarriages or having trouble with um, trying to conceive naturally and look at everything you went through. You got like two no's slapping your face. Like this it, like don't even consider it no more. And look at what the father did. Like Crystal, that's amazing. Like you want yes. to be a woman of great faith, girl. You got your prayer, Elsa. I'm a that. confident woman with great faith. I wrote it down yes, this time. Confident woman I'm with great faith. faith. <laughs> I know. It don't stop there, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, you know, one thing that I've learned about life, and, and we talked about this in another episode, like, the father never said everything was going to be perfect. You right. know, like, we all go through different challenges and have things to face, but Elohim will deliver us out of every single one of them. Um, and I know, like, with my um, with my first pregnancy, um, it was relatively, relatively smooth. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that, there, we all have the moments. I think the pregnancy itself was smooth then getting him here wasn't as smooth, but I was just still grateful to be in good health and that my son was too. Um, but after going through the first birth, when I got pregnant again, I was very fearful. Mm. And um, because, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to tear. I didn't want, you know, I didn't want all the things that went wrong, quote unquote, with my first pregnancy. I didn't want that to happen again. And I remember, um, actually, Tori, we took this together. It was a, a what do we call it? a daddy doula course that we yeah. took. And I remember um, one of the first things that she said when, as it relates to like getting ready for birth was not being in fear. And it went through me. I was like... I thought this was supposed to be like breathing techniques and, but I know that that was the Holy Spirit speaking through her, <laughs> through her, you know, she may not even have known it, but just that principle um, that you can't be in fear. Right. And so I know like, so my whole um, birth from that moment on, it was about changing my mindset. It was about uprooting that fear. It was about like, looking into the word like when Tori said you need to read your bible I had to get in the word and find different scriptures to yeah. confess over myself 
um, to change my mindset because I was just so, I was afraid of pain. I was afraid of the process. You know, I, I dreaded like <laughs> everything about it. I was just scared that, you know, it was just going to go wrong. And then on top of that, there was a point where my uh, daughter, oh, go ahead. No, you got to share the backstory, Alicia, because you had a hospital birth the first time. And with the second time you did a natural okay. birth, so make sure you share that. Okay. With my first birth, I had my son, you know, in, in traditional way. I had him in the, in the hospital um, and things just did not go according to the plan that I thought, you know, uh, and that's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother thing. But essentially the doctors, they, because I was so far along um, and because my son was supposedly, you know, so big, they uh, wanted to induce me and wanted to do all these other interventions when, you know, that's one thing that I have learned is that birth, the father knows what he's doing. He created our bodies to do what it needs to do. Like you really don't have to do nothing. <laughs> you just need to be on standby in case something happens. But anyways, so um, after having not the best experience in the hospital, I decided, my husband and I decided to do um, birth a different way and, and to do it all natural and that sort of thing. And so that was a part of the reason why I was so fearful. Um, and then also because, you know, with that, it's so many things unknown. It's going against the grain. Like most people, you know, you hear so many horror stories and um, it's not as common to have a midwife versus having your baby in the hospital. So anyway, there were so many sources of the fear. And then on top of that, uh, my daughter, she, um, I remember going to one particular appointment and they were trying to find her heartbeat and it was taking like 20 minutes and they couldn't find, you know, couldn't find a heartbeat. And so, um, and so then they called, cause at first it was just like a, an assistant that was doing it. So she called, you know, her supervisor and, and they came and, um, and she was having a hard time, but then she found it. But when she found it, it was really, really slow. And so she was like, okay. And I could tell, even though she was trying to stay calm, like I knew something wasn't right. And so she was like, okay, we're going to just, you know, uh, I'm going to refer you to go see this person. You need to do it right now. Um, you know, I'm sure everything is fine. And she just kept, you know, trying to reassure me. And I'm thinking like, why are you trying to reassure me so much if everything is fine? Like in my head, like, just tell me, you know, what's going on. So anyway, so not to make this story too long. I remember going to get a, a second ultrasound by the specialist and um, the lady, you know, again, was having a hard time. And then when she found the heartbeat, it was very, very slow again. And I remember her literally just dropping the thing and running out of the room. And I immediately, like, I just wow. lost it. I was like, what is going on? And I remember in that moment, you know, I, I allowed my emotions to kind of get the best of me in that moment because, you know, I just assumed the worst, you know, and, but at that same, at that same point, so my husband, he was on FaceTime because it was COVID and they wouldn't let him come. And he literally was like driving trying to, uh, trying to get there. But anyway, and he just started praying in the spirit and just praying over me. And that is what, first of all, helped me to get myself together. <laughs> and, um, and so, and I think that's real, you know, like sometimes in those moments, uh, we do allow our emotions to get the best of us, but 
I'm just thankful for the father who, you know, had my husband there praying over me. And then I was able to kind of snap back into it. So anyway, so to make this long story a little bit shorter, um, when the doctor came back in, they ended up diagnosing her with a heart condition. And, um, and basically, you know, from that point, I had to start seeing a specialist. Like it was just all of these things. And I really didn't want to think about it, talk about it. Like I just, I just tried to keep it out of my head, honestly. And, and I remember who, okay. I remember we were, we didn't know what her name was going to be. And one night the father gave my husband a dream and revealed her name. Um, and it meant surrounded by Elohim's favor and protection. <laughs> who, okay. Okay. Um, and we stood on that. And every time, you know, any report, anything would happen, Demetrius would say, I know what they're saying, but I know what the father said her name means. And she is surrounded by Elohim's faith. And we would just confess that. And, um, and when I say, who Lord, um, when I say after about, I, I want to say maybe two or three months, and we went back uh, to see the specials again, and they were like, oh, we don't see anything. We don't see anything. Her heart's fine. You know, nothing's wrong because they, they were saying, you know, all these things that could potentially happen and this and that. But she's surrounded by Elohim's favor and protection. And we, and, and so anyway, so I don't, even, <laughs> I don't remember what the question was. I don't remember what, I, what we were talking about, but I just know that in that moment, you know, my faith was tested. And what I, what I stood on and, and all that fear that, you know, I, I, that was revealed in the very beginning that I had to, to start addressing, I saw more and more clearly why it was so important for me to deal with that. Um, and it was even bigger than I was just scared that I was going to tear or, you know, like that mm. sort of stuff. But I needed to address that fear because that could have uh, been an access door to my daughter not being here. Mm. You know, what if I had let that that fear stay? And, and, and so anyway, so the point is, like, you really have to we, we have to apply the word and not just say that we believe it, but actually act it out. And mm. that um, whole birthing experience, I was just so amazed by how the father showed up for me uh, over and over and over again. I can definitely relate to that because I kind of like with Alicia and I probably should have shared it at the beginning now that I think about it but like Alicia I did the same thing my first baby was a hospital birth I had a bad tear traumatic experience like I pushed for like two and a half hours to get the baby out and the doctor was still trying to give me a c-section and I remember because she wouldn't come down and so our pastor, Dr. Larry, we, um, cause believe it or not, Alicia's mom was in the delivery room mm-hmm. with me. So, um, so she, I remember she texted Dr. Larry and she, she told him that, you know, the baby wouldn't come down and he said, tell her to come down. And so it was like some, something shifted in that delivery room. And I know DJ, DJ was quiet the whole time. Then all of a sudden he started praying. I was like, so you've been quiet for two hours and now you want to say something. But he started praying in the spirit. Uh, Dr. Renee started praying in the spirit and she came out like, but it was still, you know, just a very, very rough experience of uh, birth, I should say. 
And then with my second baby, uh, you know, we planned it, got pregnant, went to the doctor. But this doctor was, I just felt like she was pressuring me to have a C-section. And so around 28 weeks, uh, I just, I wasn't comfortable. And Dr. Larry was like, if you're not comfortable, don't go to her. So I'm like 28 weeks. And I kind of felt like, what am I going to do? But at that time, you know, Alicia was telling me about this midwife. And to be honest, I was like, I ain't going to have no baby at the house, but I'll go. I'll go see what she got to say. And long story short, I ended up choosing her and my doctor, my OBGYN dropped me as a patient at 32 weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm eight months pregnant. Nobody is going to take me at eight months pregnant because people are just funny about pregnant patients. And so this midwife, she ended up, she just said, she saved my spot. And so long story short, we went with her. But to get to that fear, Alicia, you know, it was really kind of going back and forth. Like, what should we do? Should we? Because I met with another doctor um, just to make sure that home birth was safe for me. Um, And so I met with another doctor and I was like, what do I do? And I was praying one day. And one thing the Holy Spirit told me is that your birth will be safe. And I held on to that. Like, you know, that's when it came. I can I can do all things through you should have Messiah who strengthens me. I look to the heels. I know where my help comes from. My body was designed for this, you know, just really changing the way that I thought about birthing and and going into that. I won't say it was pain free. And but I will say this. I only remember that first contraction and that first push. After that, I can't tell you anything else because um, I think my mind just blocks that out. I um, remember. <laughs> yeah, you were there. <laughs> OK, and but, I just have to share this, though, really quick, because your birth also transformed me. It was so powerful when I say so. What stood out to me about Tori's birth, just like she was saying, she was speaking the word, even in labor. She was like, I can do this. You know, my body, I was created to do this. And it was like, <laughs> I was about to shout at the birth. Like we were just, it was so powerful. And even like everyone just rallied around her. I remember this one particular moment. And I, I guess you could say that was when you were transitioning, which is that's for those who don't know is the, is the part where the baby's about to come out and it it can be one of the most intense parts of the labor. Um, and it's right at the very end. And again, you know, I just remember Tori confessing, like, I can do this. I, I mean, there was so many just, Oh, it was so powerful. Um, but again, what was in her was coming out and you could tell that she had, she believed it. You know, it wasn't just something she was saying. She believed it. And I know that that is what made the difference. It was just so powerful to watch, like, you know, just her confessing that. So I just wanted to share that, that part since you she was out of it. Like, I remember when the baby came out, I was like, Tori, you did it. Like, he's here. And you were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, Alicia. Like, I remember you, like, tapping me, telling me you did it. And I was just like, like, I knew he was out. Well, at the time, I didn't even know what he was. But I knew the baby was out. But I was, it was kind of like, let me have a moment to gather myself. I don't Backstory to that, I chose not to find out the birth of uh, the gender of my baby until he was born. So I wanted it to be a surprise. But yeah, what I was trying to say is because I lost, I forgot my point, Alicia, but you know, it's just really speaking to um, that fear and uprooting it and holding on to the father's word. Like we gotta, you know, make that exchange. Like birth is hard, but you know, my second birth, 
even though I felt all of that, it was so much more peaceful. It was just so rewarding to allow my body to do what it was going to do. It, it knew what to do. Like you said, Alicia, you can kind of be on standby because that baby coming out, whether you, whether you do anything or not, that baby is coming. So, yeah. 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 It's such a parallel. I feel like to just life and so many lessons, Yeah, you know, lessons in birth, because I mean, think of all those reports, they, basically told Tori you can't have a, a natural birth yep that's what they're not they they were saying you can't do it no it's not to have a c-section and the devil is a lie like I mean just again the father proved himself faithful like you have to believe in his plan and his design even when there's opposition um so I was I mean I'm so glad that you shared that because I almost I'll be forgetting some of the details and some of the things that like we've overcome you know like it's just he's been faithful yeah because I know I know particularly with this and then I'll be done it's just that you know I had been told by like two other doctors that because my tear was so bad that my second baby I would have to have um a c-section and it just goes back to having knowledge because when I met with my midwife's backup doctor he first of all he went on a tangent that the doctor made me feel like that and then he was like you know unless you're having active complications now there's no reason why you can't have a natural birth and so just goes back to getting knowledge like we you know knowledge is not a bad thing you know but we apply it with faith so yeah I just, oh my gosh, uh, so much. But um, the one thing that I, I want to share is when Alicia, when you said, you know, um, about fear, that if you would have operated in fear, your baby probably wouldn't have been here. And what came to me was when um, Pastor was teaching about the barren woman and how when a woman in scripture, um, when they were barren, that baby was meant for special use. Mm-hmm. And it, it really just really spoke loudly to me because I think about the trials, the tribulations, and the things that we all face. And it's um, what's amazing to me is that Tori, Alicia, we don't know what we're carrying and mm-hmm. why the enemy is after our children. And for that woman that's having, that's barren, that child might be, that, <laughs> that child might be not coming forth at the time because the Lord is wanting that mother to seek him first because he has a special need and a special use for that child. But when we put our own thoughts in our own minds and our own solutions to it we stop that from happening we stop that from coming forth and it's like you just don't know what you're about to carry Mm. so let's think about that let's think about what what what's the father trying to do you know Mm. instead of oh my gosh I can't have a child I'm Mm. I'm 28 and I can't have a child okay well the father wants you to have a child at 40 so you can have your Abraham instead of your Ishmael. No, I love that, Crystal. I love it. Yes. Mm -mm. You are, you are, that is so on point. And again, it's like sometimes the enemy almost like puts a bag over our head and we get so 
in this pit and in this, uh, it's bigger than you. The father is after a lineage. He is after a nation. It's so much bigger than this moment. And if you just don't give up, like you said, I mean, look at all of these examples, just in this short period of time, we've had several stories, several testaments, like all these barriers, but what are we carrying? Oh my gosh. I'm about to run around my house. <laughs> I don't even know if I said the names right, but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Ooh, man. No, that was, man. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful because again, it's bigger than us. Like, mm-hmm. and man, can you just imagine? Can you just imagine? Wow. Like, okay. Um, I don't know if I can get this out. <laughs> it's yeah. Oh, I'm about to like lose it. Uh, but um, man, I'm just so thankful that he entrusted me, and I'm just so thankful for the word uh, that kept me, and um, that I'm now able to teach my children. And and just like you said. Um, those barren women, they would dedicate their child to the Lord and say, you know what? They don't belong to me. Let them glorify you. And that's my prayer for my children, that they would glorify Elohim. That is so much bigger. It's not just about, you know, I want a baby to put them in cute clothes. That's not the reason why the father wants us to have children. It's, It's to develop a nation, to duplicate, to create heaven on earth. He wants kings in the earth. Like it's so much bigger than us and our selfish ways. Like we have to let go and make that exchange. It's not about our will and our wants, like let that go. So I just, man, I just pray that, you know, that helps somebody. Yeah. Well, the verse that just came to my mind when you were talking, Alicia, is you have not because you ask not and you ask with the wrong motives. Mm-hmm. You ask with selfish ambitions and selfish mm-hmm. intent. And that's what came to my mind when um, you were saying that, like, um, you know, we don't have kids to put pretty clothes on them. Like that was powerful to me. So, yeah, that 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 scripture had came up. Mm-hmm. James four, two through three, you know, having these trials and these tribulations when it comes to having children as women, it can knock you down. It can discourage you, but changing the way you think about it, seeking the father, listening to his instructions, because Alicia said something that, you know, when you have, when they, they dedicated their, the children um, to the father, but the father has to get us right first. Mm. And there might be something that the father is trying to get to that woman that's having a hard time getting pregnant. It might be something that he might be trying to tell you. It might be something that he needs you to do before this come, this child comes forth. So just stay encouraged, seek the father, or if you need someone to lift you up in prayer through this tough time, because it is, it's hard. Feel free to reach out to us at an Empowerment of Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. Our prayer email is E-O-F-K-C prayer at gmail.com, or you can call the prayer line at 901-206-3220. I thank you for taking this time out to listen, like, and share, and shalom. Shalom. Shalom.